When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Boomer, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. I watched Star Wars finally. That's it. That's the hot take. All right, well, we'll get a full full review from you here later. Also with Redcast Rob. Well, we got a new cat about a week ago, and I haven't been sleeping a whole lot lately, and I wanted to name the cat Tom. My kids wanted to name him Creamsicle. So I went with Creamsicle, and I figured, you know, Scarlet and Cream. So and what, what is, are we talking is the cat- about? Yeah, I, Isn't it, really I don't know. I call him Creamy Tom. My wife calls him Creamy Tea. It's it's a weird <laughs> situation. I just don't sleep much at I'm night. I'm going to try to move us off of this topic. Yeah, I need quickly. an adult. Boomer, please help me here. <laughs> I'm not sure I can after that. But, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I, I, I know I've been gone a few weeks, but you know, with all the weather and the, and the rain in the forecast these last few days, I just took a page out of Big Ten Baseball and just decided to play it safe and wait until everything uh, kind of blows over to make sure Oh, wait, hey, I happen to be back now. Convenience. So how that works out. <laughs> well, will the show go till 3 a.m.? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, yeah, just regular old uh, red cast with the four of us. No special guests tonight or anything like that. So it's nice to have the gang together. Hey, Honk? Yeah, yeah, always a good time. And uh, yeah, if we let if we let uh, Rob keep talking, we, we would be here till three a.m. So yeah, good to yeah, we might be down to three story. redcasters, or we might be arrested. Too. Yeah, right. That conversation was going. I don't know. Yeah. On a watch no, like, list, at least. Yeah, yeah. Remind me not to visit your cat. Speaking soon. of watch lists, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. Well, hockey once. Now you, that's uh, what we call a segue. Do, yes. do some housekeeping, as Rob is uh, suggesting. Well, absolutely. We have a, a lot of shows uh, on the docket here, uh, starting with tomorrow night, uh, our second fan forum. We'll have Lance Schwartz on, Husker Vision OG, a storyteller, a longtime storyteller with 1011, and, of course, a Husker fan. Uh, we also, on this Thursday at 1 p.m., have Chancellor Brewington. Uh, Rob, you'll be doing a lunch cast uh, with him at uh, yeah 1, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on Tuesday, June 2nd. And then on Monday, June 6th, we have special guest Michael Severe, Big Red Wrap-Up host. Uh, he'll be joining us at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, so a lot of shows coming up there. A lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to talking to all of them. Uh, Rob, is it is it just Chancellor with you, or, or does he even have a... You know, it is so far, but, you know, him and I have been talking a little bit, and he had mentioned that he may bring his roommate on and maybe a couple other people, so... You okay, know, well, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see who shows up. How's that? You know, they a lot exciting. of these players live together, so a, a lot intrigue. of times they're hanging out. And I just said, hey, you know, if any of you, because 
well, you know, the last two times that we've done interviews with players or that I've done them, there's been like other people there and they leave right when the mm-hmm. interview is going on. So I just wanted to put it out and be like, Hey, if your buddies are going to be there, like we're just going to be BS in here, you know, on the show talking football and, you know, life in general. So let's, you know, if they want to hang out, they're welcome to. And, and mm-hmm. so he yep. said he may, he may have one of his, two of his roommates on there. So we'll see. So. Well, outside of that, we have a, uh... Uh, hailvarsity.com slash subscribe use redcast at uh, checkout and you'll get ten dollars off your first year of it and i I think this kind of ties into the next thing here and we'll start with some of the tweets that we had um dave and uh graphic designer swobes i had a chance to to join me this weekend and my parents were there dave your wife was with us as well but uh, we went down to the hill varsity club and uh here's dan's uh the redcast charger over here on the left uh, standing in front of that Hill Varsity Club that's in La Vista. It's right by uh, the Cabela's there. Uh, it was outstanding. And the, the food there, I mean, they had this gigantic pretzel that they brought out there. And you can see the the little Hill Varsity glasses there. We were drinking uh, some Hill Varsity ale from Kincaider. Uh, you know, they have magazines there at, at the uh, that's right. at each table. And and we were looking at our, our ad that's in one of them. But uh, they came, uh, we, we got to bring back our own little glasses right. here, the Hill Varsity Club glasses. And if you were a subscriber, you got 10% off your meal on top of that. So go and get, become a subscriber, get, use Redcast at, you know, at checkout, get $10 off that, then turn around and go to the Hill Varsity Club and get 10% off your, off your meal, Dave. Oh, but I, I thought it was great. Description right there with a, a decent bar tab, really. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So what, I mean, what did you think, uh, Dave, of the, of the food and everything? Yeah, yeah. You should bring back those tweets up really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh so, I mean, first of all, the Redcast Charger, great to see that car back out. Um, uh, Dan is the, the second owner of the, of the Charger. The first owner was his dad, Dwayne, uh, bought that brand new in 1973. Um, I've seen that, that that Charger many times in my life. Uh, it's looking good right now, so it was awesome to have it out, and it, it's appropriate for the Redcast. Uh, I also want to comment on the, uh, the pretzel there in the bottom right. Uh, my wife, Katie... Um, who um, generally avoids avoids carbs at all costs, uh, could not keep her hands off of that pretzel. <laughs> Food was very good at the Hell Varsity Club. It's Wait, solid. Katie ate carbs? She did. That's wow. how good that pretzel it, was. I was going to say, it must be one Katie of the most... Like, their own carb-free pretty, pretzel? I don't think yeah. I've ever Typically. seen... I, I don't think I've ever seen Katie eat a carb, quite frankly, like... In all honesty, yeah. and I've we known called you for, it the, I've the, known you now for over ten years, Dave. And yeah, and, we called it the best pretzel west of Bavaria. There, wow. And the other thing, the the top right one, uh, there is a photo, and you'll see kind of like a couple of doors there, and I'm sure it's kind of small on the screen, but that's it said heard at on the left, and then some of their podcast stuff on the right. And basically, I mean, they have a lot of some big plans that are coming up uh, in the fall, and I'll let them announce it. Hill Varsity and Hill Varsity Club announce it, not me, but there'll be things where I think podcast and radio can be doing a lot of live things from the Hill varsity club some really cool things pretty unique that you're not seeing being done at, at other places so should be a lot of fun and uh and i know the redcast is very interested in being a part of some of that fun so yeah that'll absolutely. be cool i believe um, with the uh that i want to comment on the beer too uh, because i think with a burger the hail varsity ale was only like two dollars it was yeah, it was great the deal. great deal i mean i'm like buying it so that really just it was like <laughs> We want you to drink this beer. So, mm-hmm. so uh, in addition to that, I guess in last week, I also want to just show this tweet because we had a chance uh, last week, Rob, we showed some of the shirts that we were wearing from Alumni Hall. And actually, when we get back to Boomer, he'll get to show you the, the pullover he has from him. But uh, we took a little walk around uh, 
downtown a week ago and stopped by their downtown location. It's in, it's where Husker headquarters used to be. Took a bunch of photos in there. They did a great job renovating uh, that location up. And uh, so really great job there. That's a alumni hall. Boomer, you've got the, uh, yeah, look at that. I'm Very wearing my shirt tonight too. Half zip there from Boomer. And yeah. Uh, Rob's got a t-shirt on. If any Redcasters are in the area too, please stop by and just drop the fact that, that the Redcast, you know, suggested you go there. We'd appreciate it. it that would be super cool. Cause I'd love to hear back from them and say that they heard that Redcasters were coming in to see it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Same thing know. with Hell Varsity Club too. I don't think yeah. you'll get anything for it, but just tell them the Redcast sent you. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think you'll get anything for, for just tell them the Redcast sent you, you know, and, and, you know, let, let them know that you're watching the show. We'd appreciate it. I know they'd appreciate it because you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, putting forth the effort to to have us talk about them. And, and quite frankly, both places are extremely cool from all the pictures I've seen. So I can't wait to come to Lincoln and actually check it all out. Yep. And last but not least, as always, Mac and Smooch, custom shirts and specialty items. Shane and Laura are out there now with 308-325-2542. And you've got the QR code. And uh, what's cool about that is they can make a lot of the custom shirts for you. So things that you put your name on it, all that kind of stuff, that's what they'll be doing for you. So Wow, we have a lot, a lot there to unpack and get through, but <laughs> it's like Christmas morning. That's right. Well, <laughs> let's move on with the things that uh, we've been kind of doing, the tweets of the week and so on, in the last week or two since we've had a chance to get together. Um, today, took some photos just walking across campus, the Go Big Project, and uh, I think this might be a periodic thing, maybe once a month over the off season here, I'll just show some photo updates, and I think people are interested in seeing that, but basically a lot of the steel work is up on the the southern building they haven't really started yet it doesn't look like much on the on the the l part of the building that's going to be where the uh, uh the weight room is but you know they're making really good progress there and uh, I, I believe it's next summer was that what tyler was telling us rob was it next summer that they were planning on having the the move in um yeah and and Next summer or and he said that the way construction's going, you know, next summer I think is is the the what drop dead yeah, time. The, the, but it could come it off. could come faster theoretically, depending on, on the way construction goes. But um I know that there's some problems getting some of like the steel and stuff in too because of supply chain issues. So who knows? But yeah, I think next summer is when he said I think so. We there was a lot going on that day, so that was yeah. Hmm. Next was the uh, the in-state recruiting here. And this is a good article that came from Greg Smith. Uh, he spoke with the Archbishop uh, Bergen coach, Seth Moots, uh, about uh, in-state recruiting. And this is the, the quote from Coach Moots. He says, I think it's harder to be a diamond in the rough now, talking about Nebraska kids. Uh, there's so much exposure everywhere with huddle highlights. And just all it takes is one phone call. One guy stumbles across you on Twitter to see your highlight film. And then all of a sudden, boom, it blows up. That's all it is. The recruiting departments of these universities are so large now that they have assistants, the assistants that are scouring film and finding these kids. And what's interesting about that is when you think about his his uh, top pupil right now, Cade McIntyre, you know, look at this list here. And, and Nebraska, since uh, last week, Rob, when we were talking with Jim and, and Dave from Huskies, uh, at that point, Cade McIntyre had not received the uh, the offer yet. Now he has. But in addition to Nebraska offering him, so is Oklahoma. Since then, uh, obviously, Tennessee, Minnesota, Iowa, some of those. So uh, it's, you know, it's basically that the in-state kids, you can't expect any more that uh, if someone's got some some talent, that they're going to be seen. They're going to be uh, people are going to find them. And then, you know, we need to make sure that we get those offers out early. 
Yeah. And th- think about it, Hunk. I mean, I think it was probably, we're going to talk about this here in a little bit, where uh, this weekend's a big recruiting week there uh, with with camps and whatnot in Lincoln. But I mean, last year, I think it was it Gage Stinger got his, his offer maybe last year at this time, essentially, right? I mean, like, so there, there could be another um, in-state uh, offer maybe before we're through with this. And they could have nine or 10 in-state uh, power five <laughs> players. It's that's crazy. I don't know what the record is, but we're going to be getting close, right? Yeah. Yeah. Stinger last year was actually even later. He was almost like December, if I remember right. It was really late in the season, yeah. um, the recruiting cycle. Uh, I made a mistake last week. I said that that we already had 10 because I mentioned a kid that was from Westside going to Vanderbilt. And then one of our loyal Redcasters uh, corrected me and said that that kid is actually just a walk on, which that's fine, too. I mean, but the point is, is that right now we have and everyone's seen this, but we have eight now i've added Cade to this list we have eight in-state uh offers out three have committed and then of course we have flores from gretna who's the quarterback going to oklahoma state so that's nine in-state kids dave to your point there nine in-state kids have division one power five offers right now in the state of nebraska and I think I saw something too, where this weekend's recruiting class that's going to be on campus, there's like 13 kids or something. It's like the most kids they've had on campus. And like, I'm not quite sure of the total number of years, but something, something around 13 really kids or something. Busy that, weekend. Yeah. yeah, really busy, but it's going to be the most kids I think they've had since Riley had like 10 or 11 on back in. God, I don't even remember what year that was. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I don't I know. It was last year or so. I'm not sure. Yeah, We've had some big weekends, but this is a big one because it's Friday Night Lights. And I know, like, Malachi Coleman's going to be there, Maverick Noonan, uh, Brock Knutson from Scott's Bluff. So, um, Redcasters, get out there on Friday night. It should be a nice night outside, and it's not, you know, the forecast doesn't look like it's going to be 90 degrees or anything. It should be a nice night, and and uh, go out there, and and uh, let's make our let's make our voices and our presence known uh, and with those recruits that, uh, I went to the one where, uh, Micah Parsons came to it and I want to yeah. say we had like six or 7,000 people there on a Friday night in June watching, you know, high school kids running around shorts and catching footballs. Right. It was, but that's, that's what we do. Right. So let's make sure we do that, uh, this weekend and, uh, let's get, let's get a couple of these, uh, offers committed. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I guess in line with the recruiting here too, I just want to show this one. These are a couple of the tweets of uh, uh, some new hires in the recruiting department and of note, and I, I think this is interesting. I don't know what the, the answer to this is, but Brittany Ollenmuller, who is the on-campus recruiting director for Nebraska, she welcomed our new director of recruiting, Taylor McDaniel. And you look here and so two women that are going to be, you know, heading up, you know, director positions within the recruiting department I'm curious, is that unique to us, you know, nationally? I mean, are there other schools across Division One that are doing that? And then the other one is uh, Keith Williams, former offensive lineman at Nebraska. He's come back now, and he's doing an assistant director of player personnel role. So uh, this is kind of housekeeping and, and you know, not roster management, Dave, but staff management. But uh, yeah. I think that was interesting, and and we see that, you know, that we're getting – diversity and 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 we're getting you know women involved in in roles and we just had the huskers on about a month and a half ago and that's something that they've even talked about is getting more people into roles that you know look different than what we've had in the past you know what traditionally has been in the past in, in college football and so i i looks like nebraska is leading the way there 
yeah, it's awesome. You know, I think that's really cool to see. And I think it's really important um, for the future of the program to have that type of uh, diverse uh, staff and that look. So it's good. Yeah, I know Tennessee and South Carolina, I think, both have uh, female, I think, on-campus directors of recruiting. But, yeah, as far as both positions go, I don't know. That might be unique to Nebraska. So that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that here, we also had some rule changes. And this is, again, this is from a couple weeks ago, but we haven't really had a chance to talk about them much. Uh, uh, the NCAA here, there was with uh, the – divisions going away from, uh, I guess, requiring the divisions as part of the championship. So um, I know there are some conferences that have already gone away from divisions. If you look at Nebraska's schedule and, and other Big Ten's schedules uh, in 2023 and beyond, they've already removed those conference schedules from it. So that goes away. And then the other one is the two-year uh, moratorium, I guess, right now on approving the waivers where you don't have to stay under uh, 25 recruits a year so a little bit easier to kind of make your your numbers throughout the season especially as the transfer portal and in nil and everything it's just kind of thrown rosters into into craziness so discuss what are your opinions i mean should the big 10 get rid of divisions or keep them do you love them hate them think they should go away i'm in favor of of getting teams playing other teams more often than than what happens i mean we you get if you look across like you know the sec you can go centuries it seems like without Alabama and Georgia playing in the actual season and then Nebraska would play Ohio State every season but not you know two other teams wouldn't I would like to just see some more randomness I guess period and I guess getting rid of divisions would be one way of doing that I kind of like the idea of pods too I I, you know it almost sets up a little bit and I know people go crazy when I say this but almost sets up a little bit like the NFL right with you have vision, you have vision rivals that you play every year. And then maybe you move around the different pods as far as like who you play each year. And, you know, maybe like a plus one or something across the board. So like you play ever the you know Ohio state, Michigan one year, but then maybe you pick up their game somewhere along there to make it nine. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like that idea. Um, it just, it kind of makes more sense to me than just having the two divisions like that setting it up in pods um i know we'd have to add a couple teams and that's a whole different discussion that i don't want to start tonight but you know i i cut the idea of of split a little bit personally so i mean there's a lot of variations of this obviously and um i mean the sec seems to be rumored to be going to a, a a setup like this where when they add texas and oklahoma they have 16 teams um and they could have um, Boomer, I double check my math here. What they would have three permanent um, rivals, and then they do a five on five off. Uh, is that right? Something like that. Or yeah, I mean the FCC's kind of left everything open. I mean you've heard everything yeah. from things like that to them just running their little mini playoff type structure. I mean they're all over the map right now, kind of kind of leaving everything on the table. I think to start. So. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, a couple of things are at play here. One, are uh, do we have? eight conference games or nine we have nine currently and you can you can do that with this setup or you could go to eight um especially if we end up doing more scheduling with the pac 12 and and acc i guess that still could potentially be back on the table with this type of scenario um but it does potentially set you up for having um you know three three teams always on your schedule and having 
some yearly contests there to uh, have have your rivalries and then be able to have it within a four year cycle every single team in the Big Ten in Memorial Stadium as well as visiting. Right. So um, you wouldn't go to those stretches where you get and it's not just Nebraska, you, you know, Iowa would finally get Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> two out of four years. Right. Instead of being able to skip them for six or seven. Um, we've always had Ohio State. I think that the challenge ultimately with this a little bit is, and I, I heard Sipple breaking this down a little bit on his, his radio show last week when this kind of came out. It was like, you know, how do you actually get uh, some balance or fairness when, you know, I mean, if it's for TV purposes, Ohio State is going to get Michigan. They would, they would get, you know, Michigan, Michigan State and Penn State or something like that, right? Well, I mean, like, Sure, Ohio State can take that, no problem. Just like we're probably would get Iowa, Wisconsin, and either Minnesota or Northwestern, three of the the tougher teams out of the the current West. Um, and if if we do that, then you're going to have other schools get an easier path, right? I mean, Northwestern potentially could get you know Illinois, Purdue, and whatever, right? You know, Rutgers will get Maryland. Uh, Indiana and, and Ohio State, whatever, right? They're, it's just not going to be quite balanced, right? If you're trying to maximize those those standing rivalries, so I think it'll be really intriguing to see how they they set this up to to maximize the TV revenue, but at the same time have some some level of fairness on a balanced schedule. And I think that TV is something people forget about when it comes to you know the scheduling aspect of it and everything from times of games to how the Big Ten creates the schedules and. You know, that plays a big role in this. The amount of money that's being shelled out for this, that's, I mean, that's going to talk a lot. So that is something that's, I think the Big Ten is going to take into serious thought when it comes to how they're setting up this, the entire conference for the future is what do our TV partners want? They want games that draw eyeballs and, you know, teams like Nebraska, you know, matched up against big teams, draw eyeballs. So they might see those kind of games, you know, be promoted a lot more. So that's just natural. I mean, yeah, balance is an interesting word because, I mean, balance. I think a lot of times we still think ge- geographically, especially if you're going to try to pot it up. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you're talking about th- just use NFL as an example, there's there's still times where geogra- you know, geographically it doesn't always make sense. Uh, Dallas is still in the East because of historic rivalries, right? And when there's other teams that would have been closer. Think about what the, uh, the NFL used to be back before they went to 32. When they were at 30, you'd have divisions of five, five, and four. They weren't even yeah, equal numbers. Right. So could you conceivably do a pod where you not everyone's four? I guess I mean that's one way of thinking about it because this. Gets I mean, Rutgers that. is like half a team anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, so. exactly, right. So I mean, you you think about it like that, and and I mean, we all know the the you can throw a couple of names out there if, if the Big Ten was ever going to expand. Obviously, you know, Notre Dame, or you know, you could come up with two names that would be big enough to make it worthwhile to do. But if you didn't, could you still try to get away with some kind of pod system, even if you didn't have an even number to do it? I don't know. I mean, that's a well. I guess the even though the pod system looks nice and there's balance to it, especially with sixteen. I don't know what the. I mean, it, the I don't know what the point is. I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're gonna, you're essentially gonna have a one pod system if you do this because you're gonna have say three designated rivals. So it's kind of a fourteen pod. Everybody will have a fourteen pod essentially. Just mm-hmm. it's, it won't be quite the same. Um, and then you just rotate. I mean, the the math works out where you simply would have everybody on campus every third year, essentially. Right. And so it, it works out really well without having to do a full pod system. Uh, so I, I don't think you need pods unless you go to 16, even then you don't really need them. Yeah. And I agree with you, Dave too. And I think that's kind of my point about the, the pods is it doesn't have to be like 
the set things, I guess, as, as you say, like set up like divisions. Right. But I mean, they need something with a little bit more, I don't know if parody is the right word to use as far as like who, who plays who, when, and, and around. But I mean, I think I was using the NFL reference because it's like, you know, even they, when, you know, they've got their, um, AFC and NFC, and then they've got, you know, every, every other, or every year, like the, you know, AFC West will play the NFC West like every three years, right. Or whatever it is every four years. And then they play like a couple teams or an entire division in the, in the AFC as well. And and, yes, that's that's right, yep. and so, and so it, it, it makes sense to me to kind of split it up that way. So that there's a, there's maybe a consistency, more consistency in the way that they split up the way that the games are played among the divisions. And I think someone even commented here on our comments saying that like, it makes sense. I think Jason Stenger said it, it makes sense because we play Ohio state three years in a row. We don't see Michigan for, for that entire time or we don't Six. see, yeah. Or we don't see Maryland and Rutgers, you know, for, for 15 years. Right. I mean, just different, different ways. And I think that there's an easier way to make it make sense for sure. Hey, Boomer, yeah. there was there's also one from I think it was Troy uh, wrote something about the uh, the East West. Yeah, it, Nebraska has an NIL advantage in the West. East West divisions are good for us from that perspective. Again, go to the Huskers.com site. Go to any of the the Big Ten you know websites. And 2023, it's already they've already removed Big Ten schedules from them. So it, it looks like at least what was going to be happening in the traditional divisions is something's changing. But, but to Troy's point there is that he's saying you know, he'd like just keep it East West. He thinks we actually have yeah. an advantage in the future, which is odd because if you look the last few years, we clearly, we have not been competitive in the standings in the West at the end of the year. We've been, you know, definitely in the, the bottom half, but he's saying moving forward, we would be, we have an advantage being in the West and because of things like NIL. There's probably some truth to that. I mean, when you think about our recruiting, we do generally recruit better than everyone else in the West. Like Stephen Costello said, I mean, talent-wise, I, I think we're usually far and away above the rest of the West. And if you tack NIL on top of that and then our success in the portal that we've had this offseason, you know, theoretically, we should have talent to to succeed in the West, you know, where we haven't in the past. <laughs> theoretically, but, we yeah, theoretically won the West there's a lot of theoretically here, but I mean, we haven't done it to date. So, yep. you know, maybe it's not as easy to think, but is On it going to be an easier without divisions? I mean, I don't know. Cause you still got to finish in the top two then. So, yeah, it'll be I interesting. Mean, I, I think they're right on here. Both uh, Troy and, and Stephen Costello had the same, same comment, you know, I mean, like the West actually should have uh, been into Nebraska's advantage for the last decade considering our recruiting classes, um, we have not been able to deliver on that whatsoever. I mean, like this whole idea that the East and the West divisions are unbalanced solely comes down to the outcomes of the championship game. Because if you look at the regular season, I mean, yep. I think the East actually had a, a decent year last year. Now they're up 77 to 72 overall. But I mean, before last year, it was like, it was like a one or two game difference. And that's still, it's a five game plus on the East side. That's That's not why we're doing this. Um, the West is relatively competitive in the regular season. It's that they haven't won in eight tries a championship game. And and many of those games haven't even been close. And so, and that's typically because you're going against Ohio State or maybe the, a really good, um, you know, East squad that, that beat Ohio State. And so that that's the problem, right? And so to Boomer's point, uh, going to a, a best, top two scenario isn't going to help us reach the championship game. And if you're talking about 
Nebraska in the world of a 12-team playoff where you potentially could have a uh, a scenario where all five Power Five school conferences have a the champion has an automatic bid, and all we had to do is win the West, even at nine and three, and but then potentially pull off one upset to get in the playoff. That that option will now be gone because the nine and three won't get you there. You'll need to be at least ten or two, ten and two, if not eleven and one, to make uh, a Big Ten championship game, and that's just going to be harder to do. It's all there yeah. is to it. The path has just been harder to get to the playoff because if if we make this way, no. I mean, are we, you know, we're mixing in the word playoff with this. We wouldn't have made the playoff at nine and three anyways, even if we won the conference. Even if, we, if in the future, in the future, if there is a 12 team playoff no. and automatic bids to conference sure. champions, the conference championship game is a playing game. Sure. I like your thinking there, Dave, too. I mean, that's, that's typically been what, I mean, that's one of the things that, that the big 10 wanted was, was their conference champion was an automatic bid. So. Hmm. So that that would be now off the table. It wouldn't matter um, because you would have to be finished in the top two. Yeah, Brett Ciancia, pick six, would not like this discussion. He would uh, he would say we are watering down uh, not only the season but the uh, the postseason in the process here. But that's that's a, we'll have to get Brett on here uh, before the uh, before <laughs> August. Sure. Um. Hmm. Well, other than that. <laughs> Uh, this is the first time I guess we've had. Well, Boomer, you weren't even on. Were you on the the Osborne show? No, no, no. no some of us have jobs, so no. <laughs> we just prioritize interviewing a three time national champion. Some people that's take the damn day off, Boomer. I mean, it's just well, that's mow right. the grass. I, I serve the public generally. No, we're all right. We, we yeah. all have jobs, Boomer. We just we just choose to to job differently, I guess. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanted to show something here. Um, this is a good break here from this. I wanted to do a little video breakdown that we didn't quite get a chance to do with Osborne, but it was uh, he brought up the, the point about uh, formations with us, and I thought it was outstanding. And 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 how he said that you know when they did things on offense, they ran five wide all the way to full house backfield and everything in between, and that was what made the offense and defense complex. And I had all this ready to go. We just didn't have time to do it with him. But I wanted to show some of the five wide on both sides. This is five wide of Nebraska running it against Florida. And then Florida turning around and running five wide against us and how we did it right and they did it wrong. So uh, here, I'm going to start with the the offense. And the offense here, first two plays, these are five wide. We're drop back passes. We're throwing the ball a little bit here and uh, kind of mixing it up. That So, and these are the first two that we ran. So Florida, from their perspective, they see this. And and essentially, as Terry Donahue said, we're running their offense, even though we weren't. It was the next play here. We turn around and we do the 34 quarterback trap, as as Osborne uh, told me. Because I said, hey, this is just like running the, the fullback trap. And he goes, yeah, it's the, it's the quarterback trap. Okay. <laughs> so so we use the we use the spread. We use five wide receivers to spread them out so we could run right up the middle on them. I mean, it makes total sense. Move, you know, align them in a way that you want them to be so you can go where where they're not. Well, let's look defensively for a second here. And they go into five wide here, and we come out and boom, we get a sack there with Terrell Farley. We bring essentially at that case, we brought, I think it was five against five. But on this play here, we bring six against five. And they block it absolutely perfectly. They just don't have enough guys. I'm going to show these again here in slow motion. And this first one here, this is the one where we bring, I believe it's five guys here. And 
on the bottom. No, actually, it's, we only bring four guys because we do a zone blitz. We drop uh, one of the defensive linemen. So we only bring four against five, and we get a sack on them. Okay. The next play here, the actual sack, they start with a guy in the backfield, and they have four wide receivers. So, and still going here, slow motion. Move. Let's How go, guys. A safety. Keep talking, hockey. Okay. So here, they're motioning the guy out to the bottom. So if they would have kept him in the backfield, imagine this. They have five linemen, and they pick up one-on-one. They pick up our defensive t- ends. They pick up the middle three guys, pick up a stunt with the two defensive tackles. They pick up a blitzing middle linebacker. They blocked it perfect. They just simply ran out of guys. And if they don't motion that running back out at the beginning, if they keep in the backfield, they have a chance to pick up Williams on the blitz. Their six guys would have perfectly picked up our six guys, and we would have been really in some trouble. I think, you know, we would have been trying to cover four guys with with five defenders, and all it takes is one little break, and that could be one of those 99-yard plays. But they motioned out. They went to five wide. We attacked right where they weren't, and we hit them so fast that they never had a chance to even, you know, get through any of the reads that that sending a fifth guy out, they never had a chance to even look at him because it, the – there was so much pressure coming on him so quick that, that that ended up being a moot extra receiver. So using the exact same formation, we spread them out and we run it right up the gut on them. They spread it out and we just attack them right up the gut with one extra player and we get the sack. I don't know how we got to this part in the point in the discussion on the show tonight, but man, honky keep talking. No, I just, you know, <laughs> I, I, I queued up all these videos for the Osborne show. And, you know, we went into the Osborne show and we're, we didn't know if we were going to get 15 minutes or 30 or 45. And it's like, so, you know, depending on how much time we'd have. And I, so I had all this video ready to go. And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, I wanted to like just sit and talk football with, with Tom there. But so uh, you had that video lined up for. Uh, I had oh, all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that so I got a quick question. Um, our quarterback was doing this thing on when we were five wide. Our quarterback was lined up. Our what was he, doing? he was like he was he was like right there, like the center was right in front of him. What is what was that? I've never oh, you I mean like seen that. under center. Oh, that I haven't seen that in so long. I just I got confused. I I was like There's, Nebraska does. I that. forget who's that that quarterback's name. I, I, I can't some call it some kid. I, I can't remember. Well, there's a chance we'll we'll go back under center here uh, sometimes this year. I think that could be that could be some fun. I think I think our former quarterback he he made some reference that he might go under center at K State, and I hope I hope he has he does well there too at K State. So, but but I think that we're gonna have a good chance of getting under center with Whipple and uh, yeah. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, that is killer video, man. That is that is uh, really good football back then. I, I just loved it. I loved it when Terry Donahue came out and. He's like they're they're running Florida's offense, and I'm like, I've never seen Florida run that. You know, I've seen no, no, I understand. I've that was actually late like in the first quarter, right? And then uh, then that was the first play of the second quarter, the quarterback draw. By the way, sorry, uh, that just, one was in the yeah, even the third quarter. Actually, it was after oh, that was halftime. The third, that they did run one in the first or in the first half, like in the second quarter, and the timing was a little off. You basically you have to take a step back if you're the quarterback. Let the guy right. pull in front of you. Get the get the timing to be like a fullback trap. So you yep. got to take that step yep. back. And he actually ran into. I think it was Aaron Taylor was pulling, and they and it still went for like ten yards, even bumping right. into his guard. Right. But yep. uh, yeah, you, you spread him out. You get one more guy out of the middle of the field, and then you end up that your reward is you run the ball with Tommy Frazier instead of a fullback. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was yeah. just like exactly. brilliant. 
We were only 91 days from the season, I think, is what it was. It's 90 uh, right now, I believe. Is it 90 today? Is it? Yeah, That's what I, I heard. I may have uh, missed the day. So, Hockey, do you have other videos you want to show us? No, that was it. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that could be a. That could be I a thought there was just the whole catalog. Oh, oh gosh. I, keep going. Keep going, man. I, I would. <laughs> I mean, I did. I don't know if you guys saw, but I held up that picture because Dave's going, "Yeah, who was that quarterback?" And I've got the big old signed picture. Yeah, it's not good podcasting. Good thing. I, well, it is if you're watching it live on YouTube. Subscribe and hit True. that bell so you can notify every Tommy time we go Fraser live. Poster. You know? Once again, a nice segue, Rob. So, Thank yeah, you. so maybe that's something like a you know, Redcaster. Send us if you want like a, a play broken down, or you want a certain video, yeah, you know, for a future show. Maybe we'll do like a little play diagram during during a. Especially these off-season shows right now, so that'd be that'd be fun. See, Dave and Jason Stinger liked it. He said, "Love it, Rob." So, I mean, he saw it live right here on YouTube. So, I'm sorry that the people listening so, later can't see it, but they can always go back and watch it on YouTube. The value too, of video, I understand. <laughs> um, hey, Hunk, if I, w- I was just going to bring up, I, I don't think we've talked about the over/under uh, season win totals put out there, unless we've talked to, about that on another show without me. Uh, I know when we talked to Derek Pearson, varsity club, he had a thing about like best case, worst case scenarios. Well, right. I guess that's a little different because he was saying nine, three, six, and six. But are you talking about like the Vegas odd one? Yeah, or... yeah. I could bring Boomer in or, or, or Rob, you know, I mean, sure. Fandle yeah, and others have had Nebraska listed at seven and a half as the win total with a lot of juice on the on the over, actually. Um, and uh, it's a it's a really high number. I think it's the same as Iowa and the only big 10 West team with a higher win total is, is Wisconsin. I think at eight and a half. Um, it, I think it just indicates how balanced the West probably is perceived to be this year, which again, considering our schedule, I mean, this, this is an opportunity here to, to have a, a really turnaround season, but I don't know, seven and a half in from a, a, a program and a coaching staff that hasn't delivered more than five is uh, quite the number. I mean, when we had, when we were on uh, the Hill varsity show, I think I said four was our floor. Is that what I said? Honky eight and four. You said eight and four was the floor. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You're you're an idiot, Rob. So it's okay. Well, that's all right. That's okay. But you know, I, I, for the first time in a while, I, I truly believe that that's, that could be the case. I mean, I'm, I'm looking up and down the schedule, and I think that that's a pretty fair assessment. I also am on board. I, I do think that they can start the season 6-0, and 7-0, and 6-1. I, I do. I, I truly look yeah. at the schedule and see that. So Yeah, but I mean, from a game yeah, standpoint. I'm just going to say from a crazy standpoint, I, I agree with Rob. I don't know if I've ever said that before, but uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know what I'm what I'm doing here, but yeah. <laughs> But he's right when I when he talks about the way the schedule pans out. I I've, I mentioned this before. I've thought through various scenarios. I don't see a scenario where six wins for this team is anything good. There's there's no way that you could pitch a realistic scenario where this team wins only six games this year, and that's progress, that's success, that's something we can shoot for. It's progress because they haven't done it. Right, but again, when I think about how the schedule is laid out, there's no way you can tell me that, you know, you start the game, you start the season with Northwestern, who we pummeled by 85 last year, whatever it was. You You got two jobbers book next, you know, the Mulkey brothers, you know, at home. And then you've got Oklahoma at the weakest they've been in a while. Still and then you've got – you don't play yeah, Michigan. You don't – or excuse me, you don't play Michigan State. You don't uh, have the tough crossovers on the east outside of Michigan. 
they, Rob's just, not wrong yeah. in saying that he's got a good chance of starting as good as they I, ever have. It, it's I, just, I don't it's disagree a, with that. It's right. just a difference of, of perspective right now. I mean, Dave, you just brought up that we lost to Northwestern two years ago. Who gives a shit? I mean, they had yeah, a who, different who gives a, language uh, hockey. <laughs> I said they would beat them by 30 points last year. That was a a problem for them. So if we're going to bring up what they did two years ago, and it's not like our roster doesn't look a little different. We have 32 different guys on the the roster. My point right now is anybody that's so sure that we can't win the West, anyone that's so sure that can't happen, what are you talking about? I mean, look at – if you want to just talk about talent, which is always a good place to start from, I would say that we're the most talented team in the West right now. Have been for the last – And we always have been, really. start now – You've got to get over all the mistakes that we've made, right? Pretty clear. Why did they make the coaching changes they made? Why, you know, think of the, the special teams and how bad it's been. We're counting on some things that have to happen. Right, our Bill special Bush, team's important. Bill hockey. Bush has to, has to do what he did on special teams already at this school 15 years ago. He just has to do it again. Now, Dave, you are not going to be someone that's going to – you need to see it, and I'm totally cool with that. You need to see it. You are not. There's nothing we're going to say no, yeah, between right. now and August. I mean, you might as well take the next three months off if you're not. You can't. Nothing's going to change your mind. And that's yeah. fine. That's fine. I mean, you're kind of a bummer sometimes about it, but that's fine. No, I mean, I I, honestly, I, I I hope that I mean, our listeners appreciate me being on the show occasionally because I don't think everybody uh, enjoys drinking the Kool-Aid quite as much as Redcast Rob. I right? I mean, I get it. Some people just want to hear. I'm standing up for Rob stuff. right now. I don't think it's Kool-Aid. I think this is okay. Whatever. I mean, yeah. I I just I just think it, it, it's an interesting dialogue. That's all. Yeah, I this mean, isn't I, Kool-Aid, by the way. I was no. gonna say. Speaking of Kool-Aid, what are you drinking there, Boomer? Uh, this uh, is a uh, blueberry bee. It's a modification of a drink I saw the strawberry bee, which is in itself a uh, out of a modern spin on the bee's knees, an old classic gin cocktail. So I highly recommend it. So I saw it on the uh, Bonneville. Uh, a cocktail website, or excuse me, YouTube channel. So they they post a lot of good drinks, a lot of good recipes. So I've kind of modified this one. So it's quite excellent, yeah. by the way. So. And, and by the way, Dave, I I totally appreciate your your sentiments on like the way that I'm feeling about it. But I mean, I'm trying to be also yes, while I'm being positive. I mean, come on, I joke around and say 15 and 0 all the time, and you know the national championship. But at the same time, I did say eight and four on there, and I do think it's realistic. Um, and it's okay because every show needs a Nick Wright, and you can be our Nick Wright right now. I don't so, know who that is. And look, when you, when you go four and eight and three and nine, you better, you got to have some fun. You got to find some way to enjoy it. But what I will say too is I like how Benning explained us. He didn't call it Kool-Aid. He said it's team positive. And cause you can look at things. Look, sure. We sure, can still absolutely. go three and nine next year with all of the, everything that that's happened, all the, the big positive moves and the, you know, Casey Thompson has to pan out. Right. I mean, we, we hope that the offense is going to look better with Whipple coaching it. We think that our receivers are going to play better with, with Mickey Joseph coaching them versus Lubick. We all, you know, there's all these things. We can go down the list. We think that we're going to have more alignment with our line play and what our coach wants with Rayola. That's why he hired him. That's why he got rid of Austin, right? There's all these things that point in the right direction. And yet, if you still make mistakes and fumble the ball around and throw interceptions and do all those things, you know, you're going to sit there and, and lose some games you shouldn't. That first game, I can't tell you. And, I mean, you guys have hit the nail on the head with this. That game against Northwestern, I just it, – it, it, I can't picture a good scenario if we don't come back with a win. It is so hard for me to, to do that. That, I, that game is so important to come out of, of Ireland victorious. So no pressure. Well, no, I mean, no pressure. But you know what? That's no pressure. And if go coach in Tuscaloosa and see if there's no pressure. I mean, you know, there's – 
coaches will put pressure on you. Tom Osborne said at one time he goes up until the last couple seasons coaching, he never thought he could withstand one losing season. So basically he was coaching here through 1998, 99 or 88, 89, 90. You know, he'd been here for, for 17, 18 seasons and felt that if he had one losing season, he could get fired. So I guess I would say he felt pressure all the time. It never was off. So I don't, if, whether you're coming off a three and nine season or if you're constantly being put in a nine to 10 win season and that's the standard and you can't do any worse, or if you're Nick Saban, if you go 10 and two, you're going to get booed by everybody right now. And if you don't win your division, win your, your conference, I mean, something's wrong. There's pressure all over the place. The pressure right now is we've got to beat a team that we beat 56 to seven last year, that we have more talent than we need to beat them in Ireland. And we need to come back and get some of that momentum going. The thing that Frost said going into last season, we've never had a chance to do. Well, they didn't do it last year either. We got to get some momentum. We need to be three and zero when Oklahoma comes into Lincoln for an 11 a.m. kickoff on national television, Fox. I know some people are upset about that, but you know what? It's national TV. We'll have Joel Clatt here. We need to win that game. I, I really do. I mean, you, you start to break it down like that, and it's like all of a sudden I'm, I'm starting to look at the schedule. I'm like, wow, geez, we're we're six and zero. Oh. And uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just want to be clear, guys. I mean, like I'm I'm rooting for um, just like everyone else, and it's not that I don't think they could go eight and four, nine and three. I think they could. That's definitely within the range of possibilities. Um. And it's not even just a prove it thing to me per se. I just said, I feel like I just want to uh, cast a more critical eye to the progress they've made this off season. Right. And I think they've made some great additions uh, to the well, roster. Okay. So they, be, be they've made some well, good changes to the, to the staff. Uh, but there's a lot of things that could go wrong. They could have made all the sure. right moves and it still doesn't always play out just the way you want it to play out. Well, right? so be, so, but actually be critical of the moves. Is there a move that, is there something, are, are you concerned? And I don't mean, I don't mean critical, like I'm not saying call out a player, but like, is there a move where you're like, oh, I don't know if I see that working out or, or yeah, I've already mentioned in- this on previous shows. I don't know if Whipple will work out. I don't, I mean, we've given him a free pass entirely just because of his experience, but his, his resume doesn't actually tell you that he's had that much success elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't know if that will work. I, and I mean, I, I think that I mean, our roster additions have been really good. I, it seems like on paper, that let's say guys like uh, you know uh, Stefan Wynn or some of the other D linemen are an upgrade over what we had and who who left. Um, but those some of those guys went to Oregon, which is a good Power Five school, and obviously they followed their coach. But at least those co- those players like Casey Rogers knew the playbook and were ready to plug in. Should a defensive lineman be able to be plugged in and play right away? Sure, um, but I mean those those are things that we've seen uh, transfers struggle to to have an impact in year one. And so I, I hope that's not the case. Um, I'm hoping that they're you know, big impact players right off the bat, but it, it hasn't always worked out that way. So yeah. And I'll, of- I'll throw something on Dave's side of thing. You know, you've got Ray Olo coaching the old line. He's never actually been the, the head of line coach at any position he's had before. It not a guarantee it's going to work out. And that's, we don't, don't know if we have a healthy Teddy Prohaska right. yet. Yeah. Um, he may not be even ready for Northwestern yet. And I think, I mean, we only had a game and a half of footage. He looked great for that game and a half, and it seems like we really should have him back, but we may not have him back. I don't know if, um, you know, the, the O-line is going to be healthy or deep enough to be ready to go for these first full games to to deliver 6-0, and right? I just don't yeah. know. And, and, and you know? I kind of want to reiterate that, you know, I I say we should be 8-4. and four. Now, I don't know whether – I can't say we're definitely going to go 8-4. and four. I'm not going to be that optimistic and guarantee that. 
I'm just kind of saying that's kind of my floor, that eight, seven, eight wins. I mean, you're at the point in this staff, you should be delivering that. There's no excuse to be going five or six at this, you know, five sure. wins, six wins at this point. You're five years into it. You're got new coaches that you said you needed. You're dominating the transfer portal like you'd hoped. You basically got every player you said you needed. You've got to go out and prove it now. So that's mm-hmm. my floor. I mean, I'm not the athletic director. You know, I if I was, we'd have a steam statue and all sorts of other great stuff on campus, you know. But we're not. So that's kind of why I'm saying that whole eight and four, seven and five in a pinch if we have a whole bunch of injuries or something odd kind of pans out in the season. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not guaranteeing that's what we should be, but I'm saying that that is what my standards would be. If, if I was setting those mystery metrics, which none of us know, that's mm-hmm. what mine are this year. Here's a metric that I have. At any level of success, this has to be a better team in November than it is in August, which means in August we need to get we need to come back from Ireland with a with a victory, and that victory can be three to two. We just we need to we need to be one and zero coming back yep. from Ireland. We need to take care of obviously the North Dakota and Georgia Southerns. And then with Oklahoma, I mean we'll see what happens with Oklahoma, but we gotta, you know, we gotta be three and one at worst, I think, after four games. And that team needs to get better because to your point, Dave, all the things you've said right there are completely fair. They're completely fair. And that means that we need to eventually have a, a Teddy Prohaska who's healthy and getting better over the course of the season. Right. Um, you know, I, I, it's totally reasonable to think that we could start off a little slow with some of the changes on both sides of the ball. That's where we need a bill Bush to really step it up on, on game one. We need to win a game because of special teams. Imagine winning, a, you know, a three, a hypothetical three to two game because of special teams. You know, we punted them deep into the, you know, gave him bad field position. We make the, the field goal that we need to make all those kinds of things. And we win a game early on that maybe we would have lost in the past because of special teams. And that helps get us over the hump over the course of the season. Um, I'm not saying it's easy. I think sometimes, and I think this is some of the, the Kool-Aid stuff, Rob, you get, uh, you get attacked with, which is fair. I don't, I don't mind you getting attacked. But, I don't. I don't. Uh, I really don't care but either. Like, it's come not at me. That, like, but it's I, not I that feel it's, like I'm at least making like educated well, like talk well, about it. I, I'm not just like making this up. I'm not bullshitting anybody. Like saying that I feel this way, and I don't swear on the show. But I'm not. I mean, I'm looking at things. I'm look. I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. Could it absolutely go backwards? It should. But there's. They're not really giving us a ton of reasons to believe that it should, other than like, oh, this all happened in the past. Well, but there are so many things that are different from the last four years this year. The attitude on campus. The attitude to the players, the way the coaches are, are dealing with a lot of like the media and other things. It just feels different this year that I don't know how else to say it. And, well, and, and that, that is part, that that's way. part of the off season stuff is that they're not going to give you a bunch of the bad stuff right now. Right. But having said that 50, I, I'll, I'll put no cap on how good the team, how good this team can be. Right. I, I even said that to Derek Pearson, when he goes, what's your best case and worst case, I go, my best case is 12 and Oh, I mean, why not? That's your best case during the season. But just saying that, that never should imply that any of this is going to be easy. It could be 12 and 0 where every single game is won by three points, even if we, you know, magically got to that, right? And would everyone take that? Would everyone take a 12 and 0 season where you won every game ugly by one point? Hell yeah, right? Even if that meant winning ugly against North Dakota and, you know, and some of those teams too. So, um, Man, how the heck did we get into this? This is this was a good little. I mean, we're, one second we're talking five wide in Florida. I and, thought Honky was going to wrap up the show, so I wanted to throw. No, a we're doing good. Into it. You know, I just no, wanted to actually good. make a show that's entertaining for our, our live listeners. We do have a couple of good comments here. 
Stephen Costello asked, uh, how can Northwestern bring in enough talent to overcome the ass stomping it took last year? It's an easy answer, Stephen. They've never had more talent than us. Gerald has outcoached us, uh, not just Frost, but others um, throughout his tenure. Um, he, he, he typically has one bad season and bounces back and goes nine and three. So never count him out. Um, and the Northwestern we sh- two years should ago, beat him. Yeah. Happen. And the Northwestern two years ago that you referenced Dave originally, and I think which was what kind of got me going there was that was the team that had their, their previous defensive coordinator. They actually experienced last year, some of the transition that, yeah. and this is the thing that a lot of the schools, the, uh, you know, Iowa and, and Northwestern are schools that have had a lot of continuity in their staff year after year after year. Northwestern experienced a little bit of that change last year defensively, and we put up 56 points on that defense. Um, they're, you know, I don't, do I see us putting 56 points up on Northwestern again? No, I don't, you know, but do I see us being more talented than them? Yes, I do. But to Dave's point, I can't pinpoint a single season over the last 10 years or 12, 12 years that we've been in this league where we haven't had more talent than Northwestern and, and mistakes are the things. And I'll keep harping on those. Go back and watch our varsity club podcast two weeks ago with Derek Peterson. And all I can, all I can talk about is just mistakes. We have to cut mistakes. Well, I'm checking the 311 tour schedule too right now because last year when we played Northwestern, I went to a 311 concert and that's when they destroyed him. So I'm going to try to see if I can get. Thanks for that deep to analysis. To another. Uh, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome because I'm I'm not of anything. I'm not superstitious, right? There you're you just go. a little stitious. Yeah, a little stitious. <laughs> Do we have any other comments or questions or anything there, Boomer? I think Jim in Minnesota had a good one about uh, where is the point in the season where Dave would become team positive in his mind. And yeah, what what, I, what what would the record need to be, Dave, for you to kind of or you know what what do you need to see for that that prove it? I need to see it. What do you need to see? I guess how how much of it would you need to see? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question, and you know, I, I it's not something like oh, I need to see him beat Oklahoma or anything like that. I just think. I need to see them not, to your point, not make mistakes and blow games that they should should win. I mean, so I would start start to see that by them just taking care of business and winning comfortably versus Northwestern would be a, a really good start towards that. Um, I would probably say, you know, maybe by early to mid-October there, where if we, let's say, hypothetically lose to Oklahoma, but then come back and take care of business versus an Indiana team that, um, you know, beat us uh, a couple of years ago and then, you know, took care of Rutgers and we're, we're standing at, um, you know, what, five and one at that point. Um, I, I, I feel pretty good that we are going to, you know, get to a bowl game. Uh, maybe I'd wait till we get to six, six wins uh, because I think we're, it, it, you know, I mean, the end of the end of the season, we have Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. I mean, if, if we do get to six, then I'd really judge the season on how many of those can we get because uh, we would love to get a, a marquee victory versus Michigan or beat one of our kind of big West uh, big 10 West rivals. That seems like we haven't been able to get a trophy in years. Sure, I mean, yeah. would that be a concern though of yours, Dave? I mean, if we were coming out of that Rutgers, Indiana stretch five and one, and then we only finish with one more win the rest of the year, I mean, regardless of who it was, I mean, that's not that that's why I've always said six wins doesn't do a lot for me because You'd Five like of those to get wins at least are more one of those in the first half. I mean, yeah. you can't go the the second half of the year with only one win. I, I don't see I how that you. you can sell that as, especially since most of those are your serious Big Ten West or excuse, 
pose if the divisions are still a thing. That yeah. means you're losing to Minnesota, you're losing to Iowa, you're losing to Wisconsin, you're losing to Illinois, for God's sake, Purdue. I mean, y- you've got to be winning those games at this point. So that's, you know, that's why I've had such trouble with six being some great, great marker. First of all, of I, I, think, yeah. I think Purdue could be pretty decent this year, and, and we're, we go to vicious West Lafayette. Um, so, I mean, you know, make, thinking we're going to have six there automatically is, is a little bit, you know, you know, I would be cautious with that approach, but point your point is taken there. I mean, I, I get that you feel like we need to get seven or, or preferably eight to feel like Frost and company are safe. I think Honky, you've made this point. I mean, I don't think you make the investment with the coaching staff switch and the restructuring of the contract and all that type of stuff. And then if you go six and six, you still fire them, right? Because you you've invested and you're saying, Hey, I think Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph, can help recruit the way we need to recruit that we're taking care of. And we were good enough to get to six. I think he gets at least one more year if he goes six and six. That's just my take. Yeah. I saw somebody boomer. Do I feel positive after starting six and one and finishing six and six? No, but do I, do they think, do I think they fire him? I don't think so. I I saw someone made a comment on a previous YouTube, uh, one of the videos that we had out there. And by the way, Redcasters always uh, feel free to comment. We like to, you know, respond and, you know, like, and do all that stuff. But um, somebody had said that, you know, uh, at the very minimum that we need to go seven and six, not six and six, but seven and six, meaning that we need to go to a, a bowl game and we need to finish the season with a positive 500, you know, above 500 finish. Meaning that if you went six and six, turned around, went to a bowl game and lost and you finished six and seven, that, you know, somehow that wouldn't, that wouldn't be good enough either. And I would, again, we need wins. We need winning seasons. We need bowl games. These are all things that, you know, at the end of the day here in, in this world of compromise, which is what the Redcast is, you know, this is how we come together. And we all agree on that. At the very least, there's the basic standard is that we need to be getting to bowl games now. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I have people that ask me, what if, what if everything that happened last year happens again and we go three and nine a second season in a row? And I go, well, I give up if that happens because that's where we get into the whole historical talk. Last year was historically strange on so many levels, and God, I God, hope we don't ever have to go through that again because that is about as – you know, I, I said, would you guys take 12-0 and 0 if they were all one-point losses? I asked that because we went three and nine, and we know how those nine losses went, right? I mean, it, it, it's – you're this far away. And we're th- we're this far away, but it might take this much to get over that hump. That's the thing. This 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 doesn't mean it's easy to get this. We are this far away, but we've made this many changes, and you got to hope that that is enough to get us over that hump and, and go from there. I mean, we've got to, we've got to score, Dave. Your stat about uh, you know yards per per point. We need yep. to score at the rate that we've already we been putting be yards up on teams. Be more efficient. And then uh, you need things like special teams to come around with it. And, and let's hey, special teams are important, hockey. Really? Special teams are a tad important, Boomer. I think you've heard that before a couple times, yeah, right? Yeah, it might have come up once or twice. Yeah. So. All right. Good stuff, guys. Anything else uh, on the questions or comments, Boomer? Uh, no, not a lot of comments. I did. Uh, there was a comment earlier about uh, when we were talking about divisions, and uh, one of the commenters said he didn't want to see you know Ohio State and Michigan you know rematching every year. I did. Uh, that gave me a chance to go back and look at a a graphic that uh, Fox Sports came up with, just kind of showing what the Big Ten would have been, you know, with divisions without. Um, now, granted, the schedules would be different if there weren't 
you know, divisions at the at the time. So who knows how the actual schedules would have played out. But it, it's kind of interesting how it really wouldn't have changed a whole heck of a lot. You wouldn't see a whole lot of, you know, Michigan-Ohio State rematches. There are a couple there. But, yeah, quite a, quite often you would have had the same teams paired up in those championship games. That was kind of interesting. So It is interesting. Yeah. So might not change as much as we thought. Again, and, again, it depends on scheduling. So <laughs> well, And people there. say they don't want to see Ohio State-Michigan rematches. The reason you didn't see a lot of Michigan up there is because they sucked most of those years. Well, there's and that too. No yeah. difference. Yeah. Michigan's no different than us in this case too, where it's like, I don't. It, at the end of the day, whether you're in divisions or not, we just we got to be good. <laughs> we yeah, winning games helps. Michigan, yeah. Michigan was good last year and 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 won you know won some of the close games against us too. Here, here's a one last question before we get to our parting shots. If Nebraska had been better the last decade. Would we be having this discussion about going away from divisions? If no, we would have won three or four Big Ten West and went eleven or one, and we're a top, <laughs> I don't think so. Because maybe I mean, if we are you saying we, if we just won the West, or if we had won a few of the championships, we were a top ten type program like they expected us to be, and won the West more times than not. Possibly, I mean, I guess Wisconsin's been a top ten team these last, you know, in the last decade. I mean, granted, they didn't win a whole lot of Big Ten titles, if any. I, you know, well, they did when, when they yeah. did in the old leader and right legends and legends leaders or, or metropolitan called. and you know Atlantic yeah. divisions or whatever they used to be. But yeah, I, I think it, I think it does come down to what you said, Dave, about how the imbalance in the conference has just been the result of those title games. It's mostly just Ohio State winning so darn many of them. It just seems so out of whack. Easily, yeah. I mean, if Nebraska had been better this last decade and won two or three of them, it might not seem that out of whack, and maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation. But Or if Wisconsin would have won a couple of them, we might not be having this conversation at this point. It's just it, What it's come down to is just Ohio State's dominated the, the conference so much and those title games so much. I think it's probably kind of skewed it in a lot of people's minds. So. Yeah, I, I just I, think the way that they've set up the scheduling – for the last few years is just boring too. I mean, you play, it feels like you're playing the same teams from the other side, you know, from the other side there in the East more, you just know, certain Ohio teams. More than I mean, do you want to play Rutgers yeah. and Maryland more though, Rob? Yeah, but, I mean, they, I'd rather play Ohio state and Michigan than I would. The big 10. Indiana. Want, and, you know, no, I just want to yeah. see more balance. Well, the big 10, all. the That's big all. 10 wanted to Dave's point from day one, they want the mm-hmm. pre- they want the premier programs, and Nebraska is a premier program. We have not been a premier team, but we are the, a premier the brand program in the in the conference. They want to see those matchups. That's why when we started off, you go back to those first couple of seasons of leader, leaders and legends, and we're playing Michigan and Ohio State, but we're also doing a crossover with Penn State. They you know, we want they wanted us to play every, and we had Wisconsin on the schedule all those times. They wanted us playing those premier teams and that's good for tv and all that um if we were what they were hoping for when we came in and if the west if we weren't just winning the west three or four times but actually winning the conference so dave mm-hmm. like you said it's been At what eight or, twice, eight or nine you know straight times yep. the east has won it if the west had won it two or three times and it happened to be only us and who cares who cares if it's only us it's usually only ohio state winning it for the for the east either um, the West has actually had in season as much success against the Ohio State as anybody, Purdue and Iowa teams that have, have beaten uh, Ohio State. But when it gets to that championship game, no one's been able to do it. And if we had, maybe maybe it's different in conference. But I think some of this is national stuff that's starting to happen with the divisions anyways. We're seeing that with like, did you say the Pac-12 already is 
even given divisions the boot this year. Yeah, they they threw them out already for this season. So yeah, they're how done in with the it. world do you do? So they're just keeping the same schedule. But yeah, it doesn't look like we've changed any scheduling. They're just gonna play a top couple teams, and, and I would imagine it probably isn't much different than the Pac-12 than it was the Big Ten. Probably gonna get the same couple teams playing anyway. Oregon, it's be Oregon, and USC or Utah or something. Yeah, it's not yeah. like California's gonna sneak in there or anything. So. <laughs> Or Colorado, God forbid. That's right. I forgot they were even in the Pac-12 there. For I think they did too, Rob. So it's just <laughs> as well. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's uh, see if we can uh, get out of here with some parting shots. And uh, let's start with Honky. Uh, well, first off, I'm going to bring back something I haven't done in quite a while. Uh, word of the week at the very end of the show, just to see if people are still paying attention. And uh, that's Deuce. So Deuce this week is the uh, is the word of the week, as in the number of teams that the Big Ten got into the NCAA baseball tournament. Uh, congratulations to Maryland and Michigan, but two teams. That's all this conference after building itself up and having five and four, you know, a number of years in a row. Down to down to two. Well, and Rutgers was one that could have gotten in there, but uh, they they weren't. You know, right now that some of the stuff that I'm seeing is that. Uh, uh, the Big Ten, in the last couple seasons, some of its response to COVID and everything have kind of had a negative impact, maybe on some of the perception of the of the you know with some of the progress that they've made over the let's say the ten years that that preceded it. We'll see. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong there. Um, Want to give uh, special thanks to Redcaster Phil out there who gave me this. Uh, this poster, really appreciate that. And uh, old Husker one, that was very nice. This just goes out to any Redcasters. Uh, feel free to send us any swag or beer or anything you'd like. You can, uh, you know, where you know you can send us whatever. We're, we're fine with that. So we appreciate that. And uh, last but not least, I got for the first time in about fifteen years. I've ordered my season tickets, got them. You know, paid paid them off today, and. Uh, I'm a season ticket holder this year again. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to going to these games and, uh, and be uh, having you guys coming with me for probably one of them, except for you, Boomer, you get into them with your, with your family, but uh, Dave, Honky, I've got one for first you. Time, first time you've had season tickets since college or did you actually have, no, them? I had them back in the early two thousands for okay. a couple of years. And then actually when Boomer and I went down to the A&M game in 06, that was around the time, like it was a year before that I stopped, but I was like, well, I can just, why don't, you know, I can always go to a home game or two and then let me, you know, whatever money we'd be spending on tickets, let's go down to, uh, let's go down and do a away game. And we've been doing all these away games now over the course of the course of the time, but um, it's, this is, it was time to do it and uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, Rob. Well, I mean, I'm glad to have you back on the show, Dave, and and talking some football. And no, I like it. I do. I like I like that we're getting the different perspective and and you know, and I do appreciate it because you know, don't ever change, Dave. Don't ever change. You know, but um, yeah, is I, that your parting shot, Rob? That is my parting shot, Dave. Just don't ever change. You know, just just all right, all be right, Dave, and you know, I mean, if I'm not being called an idiot at least once a show, I know you're not here. <laughs> That's true. Honky's been way too kind to you. All right. Uh, Redcast Boomer, get us out of here. Okay. Well, uh, we did have a late question from uh, King Spartacus. You know, if we do have realignment, getting into divisions, what teams would we prefer to face in the future? Uh, you know, I'm still a fan of 
the Big Ten kind of having those rivalries, you know, some teams we've had kind of developed kind of some passion with over the years. Yeah, I do want to see us play Iowa every year. I do want to see us play Wisconsin every year. And I do want to see us play our throwback arch rival nemesis Minnesota every year. I mean, those are the three games I want to see us play on a regular basis. I mean, that's part of the fun of college football is having those yearly matchups with teams that you can kind of love hate for whatever reason, you know, whether you have proximity or, you know, past history, things like that. And that that's what makes college football fun. If you played completely different teams every year, that just takes a lot of the, the fun and passion out of the sport. So, and I think the big 10 for all of its faults, it will protect rivalry games like that. You know, it loves its trophies. It loves its tradition. So I think you're always going to have that in this conference. So you're always going to have the Ohio state Michigan game closing their season. That's going to happen, you know, Whatever for whatever reason, that's what they're gonna do. So that's just my take on you know what we'd like to see, you know, going forward. And uh, you know, last take on this, um, I just want to mention you know St. Kilda, they're number four in the ladder on the AFL. They just they're crushed, uh, yeah, they just crushed uh, Rob's uh, North Melbourne Ruse. They doubled them up this last weekend, they are bad. and yeah, they're it's, it's, so bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a little concerned here because first I've agreed with Rob on this, and then second St. Kilda is like four in the ladder, so this is like this is either like a great sign for teams I enjoy are going to have great success in the future. So it could be good things for the Huskers or it's some of the signs of the apocalypse. So hey, judge well, accordingly. The Warriors are back so. in the NBA finals. So the world is right. How's, yeah, there we go. How's yeah. my Richmond team uh, doing boomer? Uh, Richmond, they're nine right now. They're out They're outside looking in, right. but they're not far off. So yeah. they're there. So I think, yeah. I think they destroyed the, the ruse too, but everybody destroys the ruse. Yeah. Well, West coast is still behind them. So you're not the, you're not in the cellar yet. So. I think we lost to them, though, too. Well, probably. Boomer, to your point, I like to your answer to the question there. I like those three teams, you know, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin. I do like to think that they could potentially resurrect the the Penn State protected crossover idea. I think that was originally the idea of pairing Nebraska with Penn State as, you know, of the top four overall programs of the Big Ten. And I do feel like there's some rivalry there because of the history back in the eighties and whatnot. So, I mean, maybe, maybe that could come back. Yeah, that could be a fun one too. Yeah. I don't think they have a whole lot of natural rivals in the big 10, you know, maybe they consider Ohio state a rival, but I don't think we've had success beating Penn state for. Yes. Which is nice too. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah. So, and certainly Rutgers and Maryland, I don't think have a huge tradition with Penn state. So proximity be darned, but yeah, that would, that would be a fun one too. Just tradition and everything else involved with it. All right. Good stuff, guys. Good conversation. I enjoyed uh, the show. Hopefully our listeners did, too. For now, let's call that a Go Big Red cast. Go Big Red. GBR. A Huda Media Production.